Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. I bring you greetings from Nicaragua as well. We just got back from our uh, missions trip over there, and it was an awesome, awesome time. You'd be so proud of... Uh, the students, as you watch them work, and uh, it was just a great, great time. So thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to, uh, that those of you that supported that trip, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called Get Dressed, and uh, we're going to be talking about the armor of God over the next couple of weeks, and so we want to talk about getting dressed spiritually, not just physically, of course. Uh, let me just ask you this question. Do you ever wonder why you have such a hard time? Do you ever wonder, what, like, you know, why, why is it that it seems like that things just seem to happen sometimes? And, uh, and the reason that is is because we're at war. You know, uh, not like, not as a country, you know, the longest war that we've had on, on our history books is the war in Afghanistan, which was from 2001 until uh, 2014. And that was 13 years that we actually were declared war uh, against uh, uh, Afghanistan, the people there. And so, uh, but this war that I'm going to talk to you about is a war that is ongoing. It started the day that you were born, and it won't end until you leave this world. And so we have to know, okay, well, since I'm going to be at war, how do I, how do I handle this? How do I, how do I deal with this? And so over the next couple weeks, you've got to hang with me because we're going to deal with that. And so if you know how to deal with it, then it makes life better. And so this morning, I want to tell you, there's, there's basically three enemies that you need to know about, that you have, I have, and uh, so that you can address them. The first one is culture, the world. The Bible says the world is our enemy. Would you agree with me that the culture, our culture, especially in our American culture, is anti-God? Would you agree with that? Anti-Christianity and and so many of us, because we live in the world, we are swayed by that if we're not careful. And then the, the next one is uh, the devil. The devil, the Bible tells us that the, the devil is real. He is your enemy. He's not your friend. He's come to destroy your life and make your life miserable and keep you from fulfilling what God wants you done in, done in your life, the good part. And then the third one is your flesh, the Bible says. The flesh are you. Uh, you know, and that is simply that you were born with desires that you have that are not godly and that those desires are within you and, and you have this struggle and I have this struggle as well. Matter of fact, someone said one time that if I could kick the person that caused me the most problems, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. And that is it, that you and I are our own worst enemies. Matter of fact, many times the devil doesn't have to do anything because I can jack it up by myself, Right? And, and many of you in this room as well. And so today we, we want to start a journey as to learning how do we fight this spiritual warfare? Because it's spiritual, it's stuff you cannot see. Like, you know what? The bad moods and, 
and all kinds of stuff that come our way. How can we fight these things that are, that are invisible? So this morning I have on your outline the title of this message that I would like to share with you is God's Battle Plan for My Victory. And I believe that for your victory, that God has a battle plan. So today I've, I went ahead and, and you'll notice that on the outline I have to have victory, I must, and I have three things if we're going to have victory. And I just went ahead and filled in the, the statement so you can read it with me. So let's just start off with number one. Let's read this together. You ready? If I'm going to have victory, I must, number one, deepen my understanding of Christ. Deepen my understanding of Christ. So I have this uh, two words I want you to look at. The first word I want you to look at is lost. Is lost. Because that's exactly what we are without Christ. In other words, without Christ, you are lost because you, you're, you have no uh, defense mechanism against the enemy. Now, I'm going to go back and read a verse of Scripture to you that's going to help us understand this a little bit better. So let's go back and look at Ephesians chapter uh, 6 and verse number 10. Look what it says. It says, finally, let's read what's underlined together. Ready? Come on. Be strong in the Lord and in His Okay, so who has mighty power? The Lord has mighty power, right? So listen, I don't have mighty power within myself because with myself, I'm lost. I, I just have, you know, my mechanism of dealing with things and, and I don't have mighty power, but with Christ in me, I do. He goes on to say, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That means that bad attitude that that person at work has, that has flesh and blood on it, maybe is being provoked by something else. Did you hear that? Maybe their bad attitude or their bad spirit is being provoked by a spiritual source, all right? Maybe it's just not them. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness and uh, dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm, Therefore, for put on the full armor of who? Of God. Now, got your pen ready? I want you to circle a word here. So that, what's the next word? When. Would you circle that? So not if, but when. So when the day of evil comes. Anybody ever, ever had a day of evil? <laughs> where people, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Where people just went out to get you. Bad things were happening. I mean, it's just like, man, this is a bad day. You know, because those days are going to come in our lives. Just so, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able, notice that, we might want to circle that word, you might be able to stand your ground. That means that you're not going to change my perspective, my attitude. You're not going to rain on my parade. Hello. You're not going to rain on my parade because I'm going to stand my ground. And after you have done everything, these next two words, let's say them together. You ready? To stand. That means this. That means that when you've done everything you know to do and everything that just seems like the world is coming against you, you just stand in your faith believing that God's going to do something that you can't do yourself. Amen? He's going to help you. He's going to come through. He's going to do something. And you stand on your faith in Almighty God. You stand your ground. All right. So, so we went back to point number one again is deepen my understanding of Christ. So we said the first word was lost, is that we, have to, that we have to be familiar with, because when you do not have Christ inside of you, 
You have no mighty power. You have no God's power. And therefore, you are just open to deal with the evil yourself. But there's the other side of that, which is found. Why don't you go ahead and write that word down? Found. And that means that you've asked Christ into your life and that Jesus is living there. And if God is living inside of you through Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit, that you cannot see, a spiritual force that you cannot see is living on the inside of you, that means that you have the, the ability, the power to deal with these situations that are coming up in your life and are going to come up. So you're not, don't feel singled out because you're going to have struggles. Now, when you become a Christ follower, watch this. When you become a Christ follower, all of a sudden that war intensified. Really, before you become a Christ follower, there was no war. You just did what you wanted to, when you wanted to do it, how you wanted to do it, and you had you live with all those bad consequences. But when you become a believer, all of a sudden you have you become new in Christ, right? You have this spirit of God, and then you have your old nature as well. The culture, the world, the devil, and your flesh trying to get you to go the other way. So really it's like you're at war. Anybody ever felt like there's an angel on this shoulder and a devil on this shoulder? Anybody besides me ever been there? Okay, you're afraid to admit it. That's all right, but I, I, I've been there. I feel like the cartoon, you know, pop up and said that. But here's what I want you to know, is that that is that war. As a matter of fact, I read of an, an old Indian chief who was describing, he was a Christian, and he was describing this war and this feeling to his, his son. And he said, son, he said, it's like I got two dogs in my mind. One bad dog and one good dog, and they're, and they're fighting each other in my mind. And the young son said, well, dad said, uh, which one is winning? Which one wins? He said, the one I feed is the one that wins. And I would say that is so true with us in our, in our spiritual battle because we're fighting a spiritual war. And so the, the, the old man is going to win. If you feed that nature, it's going to win. And if you feed the spiritual nature, it's going to win. And so whichever you feed is going to lead you in your life. And the reason we're doing this series is to help you learn how to feed this right one so that you can win and live the life that you want. So, so understand what I just share with you, that two natures there, and you're going to struggle with this because you become a Christian. Now, one thing I want to tell you is this, is that when you become a Christian, see, our culture gets this wrong. Many people think that I just say a prayer and that I invite Jesus to a certain compartment in my life. In other words, you're Lord on Sunday morning. And see, what we try to do, what we don't understand, is we try to make Jesus a resident in our life, right? Like he lives in this certain location, a resident. Like you're a resident of Henry County or, or Clayton County or Rockdale County or Newton County. If you're a resident, that means you live there. You just live in a part of it. But what Jesus wants is not to be resident in our hearts, in our lives. He wants to be the president of our lives, right? That means he wants to be in control of all of it. You see, like, if I were to come to your house and you say, okay, Pastor Jeff, you know, if you're going to stay the night, here's our guest room. And so you can reside in our guest room. That means I don't get to have the whole house, do I? I don't, get the, I don't get the whole house. I mean, I know you would say, you're nice people here today. You'd say, now, Pastor Jeff, you just have the whole house to yourself. Just live. I know you say it, but you wouldn't mean it. You know, just like me, you come to my house and say, now, just make yourself at home. But I would tell you, okay, now, listen, I'm sleeping in that room right there. Don't come in there. You know what I'm saying? Don't wake me up. Whatever, I don't know. And so, but what I'm saying is many times in our lives, 
we tell Jesus, you be a resident, like he's checking in a hotel room, you know, just a room, but we don't, and we don't let him run our lives. So here's the deal. Either he's Lord of all, or he cannot be Lord at all. See that? So there's a difference between checking in a room and being the, the owner of the room. And God wants to be the owner of the room. He wants to be the president and not just a resident in our lives. So we have to understand that. Look at the Bible with me. Romans, on your outline, Romans chapter 7. We begin to deal with this. and Look what he says. Paul writes this, by the way. He writes, who will free me from this life that is what? Shout that out. Is what? Dominated. dominated. What is it dominated by? Sin and death. The, this world is dominated by sin and death. When Paul was writing this again, when we get into the armor of God, and we're going to get more into that next week about all the, the uh, belt of truth and, and the breastplate of righteousness and sword of the Spirit, all those things. He's writing this, he's looking at a Roman soldier. He's, he's actually chained to a Roman soldier. He's beginning to think about the Roman law. And when he begins to talk about how that we're dominated by sin and death, the literal translation in the Greek is, means body of death. And you know, in his culture, now today that might not mean a whole lot to you, but in his culture it meant a lot. You know what that meant? That meant that like there's people that committed crimes and they killed people. And if you were found guilty of murdering someone then guess what? They would sometimes would take you and they would put a, a shackle on your arm and a shackle on your leg and they would shackle you to the dead body. And you would have to drag that dead body around wherever you went to remind you of the crime that you committed. Can you imagine, can you imagine laying in your bed and being shackled to a decaying body and trying to sleep? So, and, and then, then trying to go and buy the things that you need, trying to drag this dead body to work. Can you imagine that? I mean, that would be horrible. And so that would be the crime, that would be the penalty for the crime, is that you had to drag this dead body around. And so many of us, listen, many of us sitting in this room right now, we don't have a physical dead body chained to us. But the problem is this. Is there something in your past? There's something that you've done it seems like it's shackled to you. And it seems like you can't get free from it. It seems like it's almost like you wake up and you think about that. You know, you go to bed, you think about that. Some of you wake up in the middle of the night and you think about that. And it's like you're shackled to something of your past that's keeping you from moving on in God's future. And so the question that Paul began to pose there, look what he says back in that verse. He says, who will free me? Notice that. Notice he said, who will free me? He didn't say, what will free me, right? He didn't say, okay, give me a pill to free me. He didn't say, give me another relationship to free me. He didn't say, give me another job to free me. He didn't say, let me win the lottery to free me. He said, who will free me? And the only way that we can be spiritually free is through Jesus Christ. Amen? The only way to be free is through Jesus. And so that's why we move from lost to found. It's through Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I don't know if you have been a part, walked on any of the trails in Rockdale County. They have these beautiful concrete trails that go through all the woods and stuff. It's just beautiful. 
And if you and I this afternoon were to walk, leave here and say, let's go for a walk on those trails, we could walk on those trails, and as we go down through there, maybe we would see the birds and, and the squirrels and the rabbits and everything that, that would just come out on that trail. And then all of a sudden, we saw a sparrow that just fell out of a tree, just like dived down and fell in front of us. And you and I, because, you know, we caring people, we would go over and look at that bird and, and, you know, we'd pick it up and maybe we would feel its body is still warm. And we don't see any wounds or anything. And, and, and we would look at that bird and, and we would throw it up in the air and say, now fly, bird, fly. And then we'd throw it up because there's no life and it'd come crashing back down. Even though it had, all, it had the, the wings, it had the feathers, it, it had the makeup, it had everything and it was still warm. We could do everything in our power to get that bird to fly. But if it has no life, it can't fly. And you see, the same is with you. The spiritual battle that we got, that you have. You've got all the components that you need to win this war. You've got all that you need. But if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living inside of you, directing your life, you can't win. You can't fly. And today, my desire over the next couple of weeks is your pastor who loves you and cares about you. I want to help you break those chains of those dead bodies that you're dragging around, those memories you're dragging around. And I want you to learn to be free in Jesus Christ that you can win the spiritual battle. Amen? That's what I want for you as your pastor. So here's the deal. If you are lost today and you're fighting this on your own, I challenge you to go to the found side. And that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so inside of your program, there's a prayer that you, we've written to help you, lead you in that decision. As you've made that decision, help you lead you in that relationship with God. All you have to do is read it and pray it and believe it in your heart and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And all we ask you to do is, if you make that decision, to check it on the back of your card. It says, I'm, I'm becoming a Christ follower today so that we can pray with you. All right, look at the second thing with me is this. The second thing is this. To have victory, I must. Number two, let's just read it together. It's all there together. Let's read. You ready? Detect and disarm the lie I'm believing. Wow. Detect and disarm the lie I'm believing. So that brings us to a couple words I want you to write down. The first one is the word lie. Because we're going to talk about this just over the next few minutes. A lie, the lie, the lie I'm believing. And then the next word I want you to write down is the word truth. Because that's where your victory lies. Is either, either you're going to be bound by a lie or you're going to be set free by the truth. And so today I want to help you see that, that you can be set free. So it's lie versus truth today. All right. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 8. Oh, I love this. Look what he says. If we claim to be without what? Sin. If we claim to be without sin. Now read out loud these next three words. Let's read them. You ready? Here we go. We deceive. Now let's say that again and let that sink in, okay? Because how many of you like to be deceived by somebody else? Anybody like to be deceived by somebody else? No, it ticks me off. Now, I, I can't stand a liar. Can you? I mean, like, someone that misleads me, deceives me to think, okay, they think this is all good over here, and they lead me in that direction, and I find out it's wrong, that ticks me off. This pastor gets mad. I'm sure your little halo, you don't, you oh, it's okay, it's all right. Not me. 
I'm like, you jerk, you. No, I'm just, well, I'm not kidding either. I mean, why lie now, right? Heck no, it makes me mad when I get deceived, and I guess it does you as well. Watch this. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not where? In us. Okay, so listen to this. So here's the deal. Deception, deception or lying to us, lying to ourselves, causes us to sin. Did you hear that? What causes you to sin? What causes me to sin? Is deception or lying to myself. Telling myself that's really okay when in my heart I know it's not. Hello? You with me? So when you, when you, know, when you know that it's not okay, and, and, but in your head you start rationalizing that and telling yourself it is okay, guess what? As soon as you start deceiving yourself and lying to yourself, you commit sin because you open it up for your sin. The devil will always tell you, he will always tell you, that sin is so little, it won't make any difference. And once you cross over the line and you do it, he'll tell you it's so big that God can never forgive you, and he'll put another chain on you to drag around. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's right, yes, he will. We're exposing that rascal today, aren't we? That's right. So here we go. So understand that, oh, let me just say this to you. You need to understand that the biggest tool that the spiritual enemy, the devil, uses against you and uses against me is this, is that he tells us lies, or either he will get you to tell yourself a lie. You have to understand that that's his biggest tactic that he uses. In fact, I'll prove this to you, because here's one of the greatest statements that he uses when he's doing that to you. He tells you this. He'll t- you will say something like this. You will say, oh, that's not really a problem. I really don't have a problem with that. Oh, really? You don't really have a problem? Oh, I don't have a financial problem. Oh, you don't. That's why you're about to get a divorce, because you can't handle money. You over, you're broke, you're fine. You can't even go out and buy a cheeseburger. Hello? That's a problem. I, you, we, we have to admit it. It's a problem. You know, we don't have a problem with our sex life. Oh, really? We don't, have a, we don't have a problem in our marriage. Oh, really? We don't, we don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with my temper. Oh, really? Mm, I don't have a problem with my foul mouth. Oh, really? You see, until, until you quit believing that lie, you can never get better. I'm telling you, Listen, if you don't get anything else, you've got to get this because that's where healing begins. Until you quit believing that lie, whatever it is in your life, until you quit believing, you can't get better. You know, I was speaking in the first service about that foul mouth. You say, you know, there's, there's many of you that walk around and go, things that you wouldn't want me to say. As a matter of fact, when I did that, you went, oh, don't say that. Why? If, it, if you don't want me to say it, maybe you shouldn't say it. Matter of fact, here's the deal. If you keep saying it, guess what you're doing? You're training the next generation to say it and live it. And it's hard to love God when you're damning him. Come on, somebody. It's hard to say. The Bible says, you know, you, your tongue, you can't blessings and cursing at the same time. Come on. It's hard to love God when you're damning him. 
And so I just want to tell you, man, we have to watch that. It's a spiritual battle. And listen, you are listening at a, a guy that, man, I thought my name was a curse word. I grew up in a home where they cursed, my whole family cursed all the time. I mean, like, and she'd say, you little sh-. I thought my name was a sh-. I thought that's what I want. I thought that was my name. For, like, before I knew Jeff, I knew that. I thought that's what my name was. So I, grew, so I grew up with that. I grew up with that. I'm telling you. So, man, I could curse with the best of people. And then, then I got saved, and all of a sudden I got that new nature we talked about and that old nature. And guess what? They still wore. To this day, when somebody pulls out in front of me, slammed on the brake, it's not, oh, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God. I thank you today. Oh, I thank you that I just almost wrecked my car. Hallelujah. Heck no, it's not what comes to my mind. It's... That's what comes here. But guess what? Because that new nature, because I'm feeding that new nature, when the old one rises up, all of a sudden that new nature steps up and says, you don't talk like that anymore. You don't say that anymore. Why? Because Jesus Christ lives here, and he don't talk like that. See, some of you are saying, well, you're just a preacher. You know, Heck no, it has nothing to do with that. I hope, so that's why if I ever go to the hospital, listen, I don't, know, I don't want you to come. I just tell you what, here's why. If they put me on drugs and I lose that little little thing I got that tells me don't say this stuff, I don't know what I'll say to you. I don't know. I'm just I'm serious about it. Have you ever thought about that? If I'm on don't come. I love you. I know you love me, but I just told Rhonda, listen, don't let anybody in, especially if they put me on medicine. Jamie, I might say something to you, hurt your feet. I might cuss at you. I don't know. Because, you see, it takes that edge off, right? That's why the Bible says be full of spirit and not with alcohol. Because, see, see, drugs and alcohol take that edge off, and you're going to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And then when you got the full of spirit, then you'll do things that you normally wouldn't do either in a good way. Boy, this is better than you thought it was going to be, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? I know you're, I know, I, there's no telling what conversation you're going to have in the car today about me, but that's okay. It's the truth. So here's my question to you. What problem are you pretending not to have? What is it? Because until you admit it, you can't get free from it. I don't care if you're a teenager here today, you've got to hear this. What is it that you're lying to yourself about? It's not that bad. I'm a good person. Oh, yeah? I don't hurt anybody. Oh, yeah? You're hurting you. So here's a, let's help America. You want to help America? You want to help somebody today? Pull out your phones. Pull them out. Everybody, just pull out you. If you got a smartphone, pull it out here. We're going to help the world today if you have one. I have a statement that I'm going to read to you in just a second that's going to help set you free, and we're going to help the world be free. You ready? Let's put it up on the screen. Let's read it together. Then you can take a picture of it and post it on Facebook right now. Let's read it together. You ready? To stop defeating myself, I must stop. Okay, I got about 10%. Let's try 100% this time. You ready? Here we go. To stop defeating myself, I must stop deceiving myself. 
As long as you're deceiving yourself, lying to yourself, you cannot get free. We have to kill it. Kill the lie. Admit it. I've got a problem with. I need help with this. And as soon as you say that, you begin to get better. Okay, look what Jesus said in John chapter 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciple indeed, and you shall know the what? The truth, and the truth shall make you what? You see, you can't get better without Jesus. Remember what we said? Lie or truth. Lie. I'm going to believe the lie, or I'm going to find out the truth. And it's only through God's word that you find out the truth. Now, I say this to you because I was at a meeting a couple years ago, and this young lady walks up to me. I guess she was probably, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, and she said to me, this to me. She said, uh, I just, I don't know, she's out of blue. I don't even know. I've never seen her since then before. She's walked up to me. She said, you know, I struggle with same-sex relationships. And she said, I thought it was all right for a long time. And she said, I even went to a church that said, hey, this is A-OK. It's all right. And she said, you know what I did? I said, what did you do? Because I had no idea what she's about to say. She said, you know what? I started reading the Bible. I found out that God said that wasn't good, and I shouldn't do that. So I, he broke the chain that had me bound to that. I just wanted, the reason I tell you that is because when you begin to read God's Word, the things that no matter what culture says is right, no matter who will amen you in that, even in the church, if it's not right, God will reveal it to you. You don't need me to reveal it to you. You don't need me to stand you up and say, okay, now you got this sin, this sin, this sin. No, you get in God's word, and he will bring freedom to that. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. So we say at SEC, you can't do better, be better, till you know better. Why? Because God's word God's Word exposes and challenges every lie that you've been told or taught. Do you agree with that? And so that's why it's so important. That's why the world hates the Bible. That's why, that's why the devil will do everything in his power to, to make you too tired, too busy to read the Bible or listen to it. Why? Because you're going to get truth, and truth makes you better. And it puts your family together. It makes you a better student. It makes you a better employee. It makes your integrity go up. It makes you grow in God's character. It makes you better. The opportunity for a better life is here. It's here. All right. One other thing. But i got to move on, but watch this. Before the truth sets you free... The truth will make you mad and miserable. Everybody say, oh. That's right. Before the truth sets you free, it'll make you mad and miserable, right? That's why there's some of you that are, some of you are strong Christian people, and when you walk up and some people present, they walk off. You know why? Because you remind them of a truth that they already know, and when you remind them of that truth, you make them miserable. God, it's like God's light shining through you makes them miserable. And so, so listen, so a truth of God will make you mad first because you don't want to admit it. And then secondly, it'll make you miserable. And so you just have to understand that fact. Some of you right now, the fact that I'm sharing this message today, some of you are, some of you are like, oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Why? Because you're faced with the truth. But the great thing about that is you have an opportunity to get better. And that's what we want you to do is we want you to be better. We want you to get better. So... I have on your outline this, and it's on your connection card as well, and it is this statement right here. Would you just look at it with me on your connection card? It says, I will be God honest with myself. Will you take that, that challenge this week to be God honest with yourself? You know what that means? That means I'm not going to compare my life to the people around me, our culture, or anything. I'm going to compare it to God's Word. 
And when you, you're God honest, then it sets you free. All right. Okay, so let's go to number three real quickly. Number three, let's read it out loud together. You ready? Declare my struggle to another. Declare my struggle to another. Now, there's two words that I want you to, to write down here. And that word, those, this first word is struggling. Struggling. That's what we do. We all have struggles. We're struggling. And so you can continue to live with a struggle and let that struggle dominate your life. Now, let me just say this to you. All of us in this room have issues. Every one of you have a sin issue that you struggle with. Everyone. Me. All of us. Hello. All of us have sin issues that we struggle with. All right? All of us. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that you can pray the prayer in private and ask God to forgive you, and He will forgive you. But if you want to be helped, we have to take it to another level. That's why the Bible says this. Look what it says in James 5.16. Look at it with me. It says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Would you read these next five words out loud with me? You ready? So God can... Did you see that? So here, do you see the princess there on your outline? I want you to write this in. The first one, the first one after James 5.16, I want you to write the letter I. Would you write that letter I in there? I confess, all right? Then I want you to go to the next uh, set of princes on your outline, and I want you to write the word we in there. We pray, all right? And then I want you to go to the next set of princes, and I want you to write the word God in there. God heals, right? So I pray, or I, I confess, we pray, God heals. You see that? Let's say that together. You ready? I pray, uh, let me back up. I confess, we pray, God heals. Come on, one more time. You ready? I confess, we pray, God heals. And that's what happened. So we move from struggling and with that issue, we still have it, but we move to help. We move to help. That's what God wants to do. He wants to help you. And what I'm teaching you is how God helps you. God, God will forgive you when you pray, but if you really want to get over an issue in your life, you've got to confess it to someone else. Look at me, look at me. I've been a Christian for over 30 years. That means I got saved in my mother's womb. I don't look over 30, do I? Some of you thought, dear God, if 30 looks that bad, I'm in trouble. <laughs> no, it took me 48 years to look like this, by the way. But anyways, I've become a Christian, and I've been a Christian for over 30 years. I want to tell you this. I still have struggles. But the way I've been helped is that every month I meet with a person that I trust. That's who you meet with. You meet with a person that you trust. And I say, here's my struggles. Someone I can be honest with. Here's my struggles. I need you every month to go down my struggles and say, how are you doing with this? The, listen, I can, this is how I've stayed as your pastor all these years. 21 years, how, how have I stayed out of trouble? Because I have someone I meet with to say, go over these areas. Here's my weaknesses. Let's talk about them. How are you doing? And just the fact that I know I'm going to meet with them once a month, every time that, that issue comes up and, and I want to give in to it, I think about it. I've got to meet with that person. I can't do that. I've got to look them in the eye and tell them what's going on in my life. If you want to be free, you want to be helped, you've got to expose it to someone you trust. Now, not to everybody. You don't go write it on the paper. Don't go put it on Facebook. Well, here's all my problems. That's an idiot. 
But you go tell a trusted friend. And as soon as you do that, you break the chains. 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 You're not dragging it around anymore. You break the chains. Listen, I want you to, I want you to meet some wonderful people today that have made this decision, and God has helped them to break the chains. Watch this. Some of those people that you just saw are very familiar faces. They're leaders. There's people that you thought never had any issues. See, we all walk around like that. But they found what I'm talking about. They found the freedom that would take the chains and quit dragging it around, quit dragging it around, quit dragging it around. They confessed it to God, and they admitted it to another person, and they found freedom. Today, I want to offer you the first step. I'd like you to just stand with me right now. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer for you. And I'm praying that this is what you would do, is that whatever it is that, that you know your issue is, I'm not going to ask you to name it. You know. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to, as you raise up your hands, God knows what that issue is. And today's a day that you lay it before God and you get freedom. We believe that Jesus Christ is going to break the chains today. In your life, you walked out bound and heavy, but today you're going to walk out free. I'm asking you just lift it up to Him. As I begin to pray, if you just lift up those hands to God, He'll know exactly, and you tell Him what's going on. And today you walk out of here a different person. Let's pray. Father, right now, we lift up our hands to You. Lord, all over this room right now, our hands are up high. Lord, we're, we want to be honest with You, God. Right now, we lift up, oh Lord, as we're giving this to you. I pray, oh God, that you would break gossip today. You would break the pain of depression, oh God. You would break the chains, oh God, of suicidal thoughts. You would break the chains, oh God, of divorce. You would break the chains, oh God, that are hurting many people today. I pray that you hurt, break the chains, oh God, of guilt and of shame, oh God. I pray that you break the chains of abortion, God. I pray you break every chain that is hung to us, oh God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our hands, oh God, and we say today, Lord, make us free in you. You said he who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Right now, we declare that we are free in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's sing it together now. When the ocean rise, come on. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.